Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. Hi, friends. Just a heads up, I have a podcast update at the end of today's episode. So make sure to listen all the way to the end to stay updated on what's coming up next for Even If. So Peter just wrapped up a summer where he was producing an online camp experience. So he's been gone a lot of the summer and he came home for good last weekend and I was ready for him to be home. Our rhythms are a little unusual because he travels for work, I travel for work. And so we're away from home a lot of the time. That's just the norm for us. But when we're home, we enjoy lots of time together. We catch up on all the mundane, ordinary moments that we don't always get to experience. So this weekend, we caught up on some house projects. We had some really good face-to-face conversations that weren't over a computer screen. And then we went for a drive outside the city. We actually we actually did that twice. We went for a drive twice because it's my new favorite thing. So I told him I didn't care where we went. I just didn't want to be stuck in traffic or flying down the interstate. And we found ourselves driving on back roads with the windows down and the radio turned up, singing along with Sam Hunt, don't judge me, at the top of our lungs. And I was dancing along, waving my hands out the window, had a smile on my face, and for a brief moment, didn't have a care in the world. And it was one of those moments that's so unimportant in the scheme of things. I don't even know why I noticed it. We weren't being productive. We weren't changing the world. It was completely unmemorable, except that life is built on unmemorable moments. It's built on the moments in between the highs and the lows, the failures and successes, the wins and the losses. Those are the moments that matter. And it was a perfect moment. And I registered that thought for about half a second. And then somewhere mid-lyric, I stopped and I thought, how is it possible that I'm singing right now? How is it possible that my voice is this clear, that my face can still stretch into a smile, that my lungs can still fill up with air? How is it possible that I can appreciate this extraordinarily mundane moment and be fully present here? when my life will never be complete here on earth again. And in a matter of a few seconds, I went from experiencing the moment to noticing the moment to bewilderment about the moment and then finally to an overwhelming sense of guilt that I was living this moment. Grief is a sneaky beast and when your smile finally manages to return, and it will, but it often brings guilt with it. If you've walked through deep grief, you've probably experienced this. The first time you catch yourself laughing after a loss. The first time you realize you didn't think about that person for a few moments at a time. The first time you look at a calendar and realize an anniversary or important date passed without you noticing. There's a wave of guilt that follows those moments. Like the laughter somehow means the pain is gone or the loss is forgotten or you've already moved on. At first, it feels like there won't ever be a moment where you're not sad for the rest of your life. 
And then it feels like maybe there shouldn't ever be a moment when you're not sad for the rest of your life. And then eventually you realize there will be moments of joy. There will be bursts of laughter. There will be hours or even days when you forget. And none of those things mean that you've moved on. None of those things mean that the pain is gone. None of those things mean that the hurt is over. It just means we've learned how to carry both. We can sing along with Sam Hunt with a clear voice and still get wobbly sometimes when we sing in church. We can drive with windows down in the sunshine one day and still have days we don't want to get out of bed. We can belly laugh one minute and be ugly crying the next. That doesn't mean you're crazy. It means you're human. And our bodies were made to do more than one thing, sometimes even at the same time. We were made to long for heaven while we live fully here on earth. We were made to pray bold prayers for more while still being grateful for what we have. And we were made to carry deep joy and hold heartbreaking pain. Somehow we can do both. These aren't contradictions. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 explicitly tells us that there's a time for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. But grief often tells us that what we feel now is forever, or it should be at least. So when the guilt showed up this weekend and asked me how I could sing so loud, didn't I remember what I've lost? I thought about it for a minute, and I saw two choices. I could silence my song. I could straighten my smile. I could turn the music down and roll the windows up, and I could remind myself of the ache that's still raw beneath the surface. Or I could honor that moment, grateful that it came, thankful for the spark of joy in my spirit, not because my circumstance changed, not because God finally said yes to some big yet-to-be-answered prayers, but in an ordinary Sunday drive off the beaten path. We talk a lot about listening to our bodies and honoring waves of grief as they come, allowing ourselves to feel sad, to feel weary and angry and tired. We need to give ourselves permission for that. But we also need permission to smile, permission to laugh, permission to feel joy when it comes, to welcome it like an old friend, grateful that it chose to revisit us again when we weren't sure it would ever return to embrace it for a moment or an hour or a day or a year, however long it chooses to stay. So I'm starting three practices to welcome joy into my life. First, I'm paying attention to when it comes. If it shows up on Sunday drives, I'm going to take more of those. If I feel it when I light candles with dinner, I'm buying a new set of matches to strike. If it's in walks outside or planting a garden or a handwritten letter from a friend, notice it. Pay attention to it and make space for that. Not because you should, not because it's a formula, but because we're following the trail, listening to our bodies, and creating an environment where joy is welcome and invited in. Second, I'm silencing the voice of guilt when it whispers or when it shouts. There's no question about the degree of my pain. There's no doubt about the depth of our loss. And the extent of our love isn't measured by the length of our sadness or how long it takes center stage. Your laughter doesn't eliminate your loss. 
Your life after doesn't erase your life before. There's no guilt in healing and moving forward. It doesn't mean you've moved on. And third, I'm writing myself a permission slip, a tangible, proactive way to embrace the fullness of life we can live right now. And keep in mind, we're a year out at this point. But you have permission to laugh. You have permission to sing at the top of your lungs. You have permission to forget for moments at a time. You have permission to love again, to open your heart to a new story, and to embrace joy when it comes. Write it out. Sign it. Date it and stash it somewhere safe. What would yours say? I have a sample you can grab on Instagram or at theevenifpodcast.com if you want to adapt mine. Or write your own from scratch. I'd love to see yours if you share it. What would your permission slip say? Those are my three practices to welcome joy. What are yours? How are you making room for joy in your life, even here, even now? You have permission to grieve, but you also have permission to feel deep, abundant, overwhelming joy. Let's welcome it when it comes. And in the spirit of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there being a time for everything under heaven, Peter and I are taking a few weeks to rest, to unplug, to fill our cups and plan for the future. And this feels like the perfect time to wrap up season one of this podcast and gear up for season two. So there won't be new episodes every single week while we take this break, but we have recorded a few bonus episodes to release in August. We had so many Q&A questions submitted that we turned it into multiple episodes and saved them for next month. So we're not completely disappearing. And then I'll be back with season two of the Even If podcast after Labor Day.